0: Sure. Everybody, Welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Vermont's arts, art schools, being a hippie Guatemala, and so much more with today's guest, Ivy Mix of Leyenda and New York City. It's a great chat with her about a lot of different things, mostly about art, art school, love, being open to culture, being open to people. But of course, we talk about the project from Mr. Steven Soderbergh, Singani 63, an amazing Bolivian brandy get to sip some of that get to talk about mescal. get to talk about the traveling life of ivy mix it is a brilliant chat and i'm so glad she made it into austin to sit down and chat with me so without further ado i hope you guys enjoy this great chat with leander's ivy mix
1: actually you no. Know, in the beginning of the book you to the girl who told herself in the
0: bathroom yes the girl from Warpaint, actually yeah, yeah.
1: so um, that's the dorm that I was placed in, in my freshman year so oh um, my
0: gosh so yeah. what year so was it after the movie came out then uh, so it has like this ominous toad yeah was there like like kind of little tours that went into that bathroom you're like that's where it was filmed
1: well once we all kind of like caught wind we are yeah. like holy shit swan oh god ah. and we all knew like which he mentioned the room that she lived in oh my and we were god, all like crazy. oh my god
0: that scene, like, have you seen Rules of Attraction? Mm-hmm. I didn't like it my first time, but love it now. Yeah. Even James Vanderbeek. I really grew to appreciate James Vanderbeek. <laughs> but that scene is so dark.
1: Oh, totally.
0: But beautiful, because they've got that fucking
1: song going on yeah. top of it, the Harry Nilsson Yeah, song. I actually revisit that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And I feel like Rules of Attraction, Romeo and Juliet, are kind of like in the same Yeah. Line. great soundtracks. Okay? It, dude, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, okay, so this all stems. It feels like, and I, I did, did a bit of research about kind of the stuff that you've done, the stuff you're doing with Leanda, now with the Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> which is fucking incredible stuff. Yeah. And I think this all starts from art, though, right? Your parents yeah. are both artists. Mm-hmm. What was their medium? What kinds of things did they work with?
1: Sure. So, my, so I grew up in central Vermont, yeah. um, in the middle of nowhere, like a town of 750 people. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. I have an identical twin sister. My mom had us when she was 40. We were a complete accident. She wanted one boy, and she's going to name him John, and then, oops, got us, you know.
0: <laughs> Twofold. <laughs> Twofold and, like, wrong
1: sex. But now, of course, you know, we're, we're, we're great. We're, my mom's my best friend. But yeah. um, my father and my mom met in central Vermont, where we're from. Um, my mom had just moved there. My dad had moved there as a child and kind of was glass blowing. He's yeah. a glass blower. Oh, he cool. had. Gone to Hampshire College the first year it, w- it was an accredited school, uh-huh. and just like everyone else from Hampshire, he promptly dropped out because <laughs> he discovered <laughs> glass blowing, and he moved to Sweden and also Copenhagen and yeah, Venice wow. and lived in Europe for a while and yeah. learned how to blow glass, and moved back to the to Vermont because it was cheap and he could open up a furnace, and he's converted an old barn into a glass studio. That's amazing. Yeah, and I met my mom who was nine years older than him, and my mom at the time was uh, working as a social worker. Um, for
0: the state, for the community or
1: for the community i can 't really quite remember what she was doing, but just like social work yeah. um, and then she actually she 's the oldest of well my dad's a sibling of five a five person family my mom's also from a five person family Really. mom 's family's from illinois my dad 's family's from Minnesota um, but my mom was the oldest oldest of five children mm-hmm. um, in Minis- in uh, Chicago outside Chicago yeah and she always Still does has a knack for like getting stains out of things. She's just like a- stains to- out of stains, things? like just totally in the. I get this thing. She's actually, belongs, I mean, I yeah, shit you not. She can get the stain out of anything. Really? She's got this crazy skill. So, around when she met my dad, she started going to different uh, antique places uh-huh. in Vermont because there's like a t- there's a ton of just like it's more like secondhand stores. And she really liked fabric and art. She's a she was really inspired by Buckminster Fuller and like got into architecture and design. Yeah. And she started going to these shops and finding, like, really raggedy, stained old lace and, like, really nice textiles, getting all the stains out of it, and then reselling it for a huge profit. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's like so, renovating a car, renovating yeah, a house, totally. right? Yeah, totally. And she, she kind of took, like, the... I mean, my mom's nowhere even close to a housewife. She's, uh-huh. like, a super feminist. But she kind of took those skills that she learned from her mother in 1950s uh, Illinois and turned them into this skill. And through it, she started vending these nice pieces of lace and linen and stuff at shows, wow. met this other Italian woman, and she was like, we should go into business together. So they started going to Italy and importing Italian linens, and now she has a really large textile company. That's incredible. Yeah, so it's Because it's a, such
0: a weird pivot into totally. it, right? Like, well, I'm, I'm helping out the community, and now I'm helping out right. people with this other kind of aspect. That, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. That's and she started amazing. the whole thing
1: at 40. Like, she had twins and started her business at 40 years old. That's brilliant. So there's hope for all of us. <laughs> There's
0: abs- I have three years left right? to exactly. accomplish something.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm
0: not getting any taller. Yeah. I'm getting grayer. Yeah, right. Something has to come <laughs> of all of this. So it feels like this nice balance of, gosh, you have this almost like con- uh, construction base, like using your hands, yeah. but then also this creative element that is this nice amalgam for you right. between your parents, right? And so if <clears throat> other things that I kind of saw is that you had – is it safe to call it a duality, maybe, that you had this underlying creative nature, but yet you're very athletic? Because sometimes yeah. those are in conflict. Yeah, you know? for
1: sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in central Vermont, there's nothing to do. So <laughs> the, you have to kind of find your things to do. And yeah. my parents are both, like, they're artists, but my dad, he's really more of a craft person than anything. Like, he, he considers what he does a craft art, not necessarily a fine art. I see. Okay. Um,
0: but, uh, maybe Functional?
1: Functional, fun- yeah. functional form, but you know, it's like you're not gonna take one of his vases that cost two thousand dollars and like put a pansy in there. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah, yeah, It yeah. usually just sits on the shelf and it's. Yeah, it holds stuff.
0: But well- I'd like to sit and admire <laughs> yeah. it a little bit. Exactly. That's know. very humble of him, though. Yeah. No, and he, Yeah,
1: he's super. I mean, he's, well, his stuff is unbelievable. But um, but yeah, growing up with not a lot of stuff to do, my sister and I were immediately put into athletic stuff. Mm. Like growing up, a huge portion part of my life that. I don't get to do that much anymore. But pretty much the only other job I've ever had was training horses. Really? So as a little girl, my sister, my mom was like, she worked all the time. She started this business. And my dad also had his glassblowing thing. So yeah. in lieu of childcare or what have you, they put us into horseback riding, which kind of bit them in the ass of the day because it's an incredibly expensive hobby.
0: It's amazing. <laughs> Did you guys ever come home and say, you know, it'd be nice, mom and dad. Why don't we get a horse?
1: Well, that's exactly what happened. Oh, I, shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, my sister got a horse. I had a horse. She kind of grew out of it, like yeah. everyone else. Like, she wasn't a little girl anymore. So, she was like, I'm kind of over this shit. But I never did. And I actually, I really thought I was going to spend my whole life training horses. That's but amazing. then I went to college and I got into art myself and then sold my horse. And yeah.
0: But is it, I heard that you like dogs and that you'll pet every dog across the street, right? Which, which,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs>
0: Do you, uh, you know, I guess I try to look for other commonalities in people I talk to because I really love animals. Mm. It comes from my mom. She had a horse ranch and stuff when really? she was, yeah, in New Mexico. Oh, and she loves horses. There's something really magical about them. So for you, did you feel a connection to these horses, to totally. animals, to nature? All of
1: yeah, it? I mean, I think, you know, maybe we can get like, all psychological about it. You know, having a twin sister. Um, we're identical twins, yeah. and there was always people being like, we were never like, I wasn't Ivy, and she wasn't Tess. It was more like, we were the twins. Especially uh, in a town of 750 people, it's like...
0: It's easier that way. This is like, they're the girls, time, yeah. you know?
1: <laughs> Here they go, off they go. And, you know, she rode her horse, and I rode my horse, and it was really this individualized thing. Yeah. Where we had a connection with another creature. Like, when I sold my horse, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever, 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 ever had to do. Yeah. Um, it was horrible.
0: That's what I hear. It's like sell, selling a kid. Oh, totally. I'm not even exaggerating. It was
1: horrible, and it's because I ended up moving to Latin America that I had to sell him. My mom was like, I'm not going to pay boarding for this horse. Like, It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I sold him, and, you know, bally wherever you are, if you hear this. What, <laughs> you kind of, what kind of horse? He was a Connemara Thoroughbred Cost.
0: What color are those typically?
1: um is an irish breed they're kind of tiny ponies but they can really jump yeah um and he was a bay a dark bay so he was basically black oh man really really so dark brown that he was basically black it's it's amazing he was the best but yeah i definitely have a connection with animals like you were saying earlier like i may never have kids but i always have a dog (laughs) like i'm definitely the same way why does
0: that conversation keep coming up this is like (laughs) the
1: second time today
0: like but i really like i look at my dog and i feel this fondness
1: that I'd have never felt towards any kids. No, and I'm totally the same way. Like, my mom has my dog right now, and I'm like, keep on Aww. texting. I'm like, how's Samson?
0: <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Good. What kind of dog?
1: He's a mutt. Ah. He's from West Virginia somewhere.
0: Saving the mutts, man. Yeah. That's seriously one of the best <laughs> things that we can do. Yeah. So the college piece, it's, it feels like your folks did some college stuff. So was that kind of always the path for you? Like, right? you're going to get out of this small town of 700 and so people, and you got to go.
1: Yeah, um, so I grew up a Waldorf student like, My sister and I went to Waldorf school from mm. like preschool all the way up until 7th grade And then went to a public high school But it was always kind of, my parents say now They're like, yeah, we kind of let you had a cultural education rather than a real education Because okay. the public high school where I was from was like Trashy? Trashy, it had a retention rate of 50% Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing, yeah. I'm glad
0: you're not pregnant Yeah, we right?
1: do, you and me both, because I, you know, yeah. I don't like kids <laughs>
0: Yeah, geez, that's yeah, a double-edged not nearly as cute as
1: that dog um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I um, so they always want us to go to college it's so funny because on paper I seemed like not a great not a, I seemed like a real unique applicant because I went to a high school that had, less, that had a 50% retention rate yeah. I had a father that never graduated from college and dropped out I had a mom that took 9 years to graduate college so they were all like you know, I came from, the, they were like, mm. apart from being, like, a black girl from the projects in, like, Atlanta, yeah. I was, like, a hot ticket, you know? I was, like, just unusual. I didn't go to a boarding school in Connecticut or anything like that. Just, so when I applied to college, it really super helped me out. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going to Bennington in southern Vermont. Um, I decided not to leave the, the state at first because I had a crazy ex-boyfriend in high school. So mm. uh, he was like, no, you can't go anywhere. So I went to Bennington. Were um, you guys
0: still dating when you got out of high school?
1: Still dating when I got out of high school. Still dating. I took a year off in between high school and college. Still yeah. doing that whole time. Got to college. And one month later, I you know, was like, fine, I'm free. And I broke up with him. And Crazy, crazy motherfucker. But that's, I mean. do you,
0: I think we have both maybe uh, dipped our feet in that that kind of experience. Oh, right, yeah. Do you ever think of, like, we're getting older, mm-hmm. because everybody is. Every now and again, I think about that particular girl who punched me. Because mm-hmm. I'm a very nonviolent person. Mm-hmm. Do you ever just, like, every once in a while, I'd say, I'm so fucking glad I got out.
1: Oh, God. I'm so glad
0: I'm doing this and oh, this. Oh, yeah,
1: all the time, all the time. I mean, I mean he, he was a seriously bad person. Um, but I'm really glad that I went to Bennington. I, went to, I applied to all these colleges. Yeah. Were, you know, I applied to the usual uh, liberal arts suspects. They have like Bard, Bennington. I applied to, I think, one in the West Coast. But I can't remember where. Um, got into all of them because I was this like unique.
0: You're like, you're, you're the motley crew of talents and experience.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think that was it. I think they were like, "Oh my god, her mom never, her dad didn't graduate college and she has a retention the college, the high school doesn't have a retention rate." Like I I was this anomaly on paper.
0: Were they Okay, so let me turn to understand. Were they trying to they like she's a good project?
1: Yes, I think okay, I was, a, okay, I, was okay. I was a good project. I was a good project. They were they they viewed me as diversity. God. I wasn't like the every other the kid that applies yeah. to liberal arts schools that like, you know, went to boring schools since they were two Got and it. you know was the, you know, it was just different. Yeah, um, An outcast, almost. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, when I, and, uh. I, and I went to Bennington, and when I got there, it was just like this, um, it was a really amazing experience being able to be at that college. It's got, it's a weird one. Mm-hmm. You know, Bennington's a weird school. It's, uh, they focus, I was there in kind of a weird time. I kind of was there before it got super straight. They went through a time there with the president of the college who, was just trying to lace it up and make it like a like a social science school, and oh, I'm like, really? well, I'm an artist, and like abstract expressionism started here, and like so did modern dance. It and, did, yeah. So
0: this is the stuff I'm learning. I realized in 1932 they converted it from a women's
1: college. Yeah, exactly. And so
0: it starts out in that way. So did it by the time you were there? Did it still have those firm what I'd consider feminist roots there?
1: Oh God, I mean it's like 70% women oh, at Bennington. A, amazing. It's yeah. a 500-person campus, maybe maybe 600. Really? Yeah, it's very small, um, and of the 30% of that are men, like 20% of them are gay. So it's like it definitely. It like, is like, a really easy place to be as a woman, that I'd imagine. It's a real great place to be a man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, glass
0: half full, half yeah. empty, depending <laughs> how you look at it. Yeah, yeah
1: like when I when you, all the Bangtan girls joke that when they graduate and they go out into the real world, like everyone moved to Brooklyn and they're like, oh my God, you, you want me? Oh my God, oh God, <laughs> really? No kidding. Because <laughs> we were like basically small, nuns in college, you know. Oh my gosh, it's
0: amazing. Um, but you would think that it's almost counter what I would expect. Because it's like so much creativity. So much people finding themselves, right?
1: Totally. I mean, Bennington is a really amazing place. And, you know, A, it's a total unusual school. You have your fall term and your spring term like Mm. every other college. But we also have a winter term um, where it's called field work term in which you do work in your field. Um, And as a freshman, I didn't have a field. I also had this crazy ex-boyfriend. And I was like, Mom, I want to leave the fucking country. Like, I don't want to be here.
0: leave leave it in the rear mirror.
1: Yeah, and I was like, you know, get me the fuck out. Like, I want to go. Yeah. also, I'm from central Vermont. I'm going to college in a 500-person college in southern Vermont. You know, I hadn't really experienced the world. Yeah,
0: it feels like you've, you're just, there are varying levels of breaking free. Yes. But not truly breaking out of that small town. kind yeah. of small thing.
1: Um, so in my first field work term, I went to Guatemala. And right. that's actually how I started bartending.
0: Cafe Nose worked up a, a yeah. massive bill, apparently. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. So what were you uh,
0: drinking to accrue such a bill? <laughs>
1: Well, I went, I so I go to Guatemala, and I, I thought that I was going, of was 19, yeah. and I was super green, you know, like very naive, and I thought I was going to go to the woods and be the only gringa, and like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have this like soul searching. I was a total hippie in college. Like, I really thought I was going to like find myself. Like, yeah. I go up to this like colonial town and it's bustling, and I was like, oh. oh. What? And There's all these good There's like tons of. It, the Antigua is used as like a tourist, as a hub. Yeah. Because um, Guatemala City, especially at the time, was very dangerous. So people would fly into Guate, drive 45 minutes to Antigua, mm. and then take buses to go everywhere else in Guatemala. Gotcha.
0: So, yeah. land, everybody thinks this, this is the greatest place in Central <laughs> America. Yeah. And then it gets a little <laughs> grittier.
1: Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I'm there, and uh, I was, you know, I was kind of like, oh my god, this place is like a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be, and I was pretty not good at like conversing and talking to people. I was really like, well, you know, but my first boyfriend was a complete asshole, yeah. and I was just like, they always are, yeah. And I was just like, er. so I was there, and I and I had, I'm like, oh, do I go to a bar and like talk to people? Do I go to a cafe? There was no Facebook. There, no one had a cell phone. Yeah. It was in 2004. Like, people had cell phones, but no one traveled with them. So it was like everyone went to internet cafes. Uh, so yeah, I ended up going into this bar because I heard Bob Dylan playing. And that was my first concert. Was it really? Mm-hmm.
0: Bob How Dylan. old were you when you saw Bob Dylan?
1: I was eight. That's incredible. Bob Dylan and Van Morrison.
0: I, so all right, now we're absolutely <laughs> going to get back on track with Antigua. But you talk about hippie nature mm-hmm. I let me just I'll fill in the fashion stuff in my head right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but musically what kinds of things were, were you really into at that time that were inspiring it, when like I was bands. younger yeah like in college
1: oh god in college um I've always been I think because I come from central Vermont like yeah. everyone's like you know when you're younger and you're like what kind of music do you like and I was like anything but country and I was like <laughs> I like country <laughs> and not like like your top 40 country, you know, yeah. like, might be a little dust on the bottle or anything like that. My dog stole my
0: whiskey for my wife. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Or like, get on the tractor and ho ho whatever it is. <laughs> but um, I've always liked, like, if I could make, to me, the, my favorite type of music is, like, rainy day, kind of country folky. Like, really? Gillian Welch. I'm a huge fan of Gillian Welch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was then. I still am now.
0: What about, uh, well, Bob Doan's good. What about Nick Drake? For example, really I love. my god!
1: In college, I loved Nick Drake. Oh my yeah. god! Five Leaves or what's it called three five. What's it, What's that album called? I can't. I can't remember. And, and I, I mean, I listened to it nonstop. But that kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of like. Did heavy. you feel a lot? Were oh, you? I'm, I'm a big feeler. I got all the feels. I mean, that's, that's like <laughs> the part of my. I wouldn't say it's part of my problem. But. Yeah. Uh, no, but you've
0: got to, you know, and I think music's a good way to invoke as I've,
1: that. Yeah, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to rein it in. One of um, my friends in Guatemala, actually, John, uh, he owns Café Nose. He's the one who hired me. He's yeah. one of my best friends on the planet, and I just really love him. But we got into this fight in Guatemala once where he was like, you know what your fucking problem is? is you just wear your heart in your sleeve too much. <gasps> you got to yeah. fix that shit. You know, I was nineteen and he was forty something, and I was "Of like, course he would. You
0: know, he's been through
1: some shit at 40. No, you know? exactly. But I was just like, you know, I'm nineteen. I'm living in Guatemala, and I, I have this new. I mean, it was a, it was a crazy experience, and yeah, I backed up a bill that high because I just went there every day, and we were allowed to have tabs. Yeah. And I was young, and you know, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I miss it a lot, and it, it was. Seems like know, incredibly
0: formal. Like if you're gonna pick a place to go and sit down, make it in Guatemala and make it at cafe Nosei. I don't even know if the, the yeah. mezcal piece was there in place yet in 2004. It, it
1: was, but that wasn't like it's like yeah, we're a mezcal bar and I was like what the fuck is that? Yeah, you know? And I really pretty much started drinking it because that's what everyone drank. Like I didn't I didn't know anything. I was 19. I was like whatever, yeah, sure, you but That's to- great to be a blank slate like that. Totally. You can't do that going to New York
0: now, right? No, Coming no. to Austin, <laughs> it's we're we're in a way we're tattered in a little. Maybe not jaded, but
1: tattered. Tattered, I think that's yeah, I think that's yeah. correct. Yeah, and I you know, and I ended up traveling throughout Oaxaca. Um, it was it was amazing. Like that that when I think back to it, I'm like, yeah, I was 19, 20 years old, dressed up as a missionary, going over the Guatemala <laughs> Mexico border and like telling the border patrol, I'm like, oh, it's just Libros para los niños. Like, don't worry. Yeah. You know? And like bringing all these bottles back and like crazy shit. Calling my mom and being like, I just did this crazy thing. I'm in Zipolite, Mexico, and she's like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> out of there. I'm like, it's awesome. I'm living on the edge.
0: Did reality ever... So so now, again, we're both wiser, older, slightly more tattered and gray. (laughs) We're a little more aware of our surroundings. Yes. Did you have any idea of what might have been political unrest or just general non-safeness in your surroundings at that
1: point? I did, yeah. No, I totally did. I mean, you know, when I was living down there, it's not uncommon to get robbed or raped or it's like or worse, yeah. or worse yeah it's not i knew quite a few people that really bad stuff happened to them i got robbed a few times nothing really more than that yeah. um, but you know i remember distinctly when i went back to bennington the first time i went back to bennington um, i had to walk to the art building it's called VAPA. i had to go to the color i did i was a photography major and mm. i had to go to print some photos in the c lab the the color photo lab and it was dark and I'm walking, and it's winter, and I could hear footsteps behind me. Like, oh, wow. you like, know, Yeah. And I put my, key, my hand in my pocket to grab my keys to like, and I'm like, I'm a fucking Bennington. Like, what's this guy going to do to me? Like, do you want a croissant or something? You know, like <laughs> nothing, nothing big. <laughs> yeah. Nothing happens at Bennington, you know, but it was definitely this weird. But think about like the kind of skills that you acquire, like, Totally.
0: Absorbing those other cultures. Like, now you can go anywhere in the world. Yeah. And you're going to be aware.
1: Yeah, and I learned a foreign language, and like, yeah. no, no, I mean, if I didn't, if I hadn't gone to Bankton, if I hadn't had a field work term, if I hadn't started, I mean, I wouldn't have my life yeah. currently, you know, that's that's Those
0: experiences it, are what kind of defined you, yeah?
1: Totally, and then I got, I was able to get a job when I graduated, which was huge. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you,
0: so you photography major. And
1: trans- I was a philo- philosophy and photography philosophy. Well, Which transferred into fine art I was actually a triple major I was a Spanish philosophy and photography major But they wouldn't let me write my philosophy thesis in Spanish Why not? I don't know, I'm like you guys are fucking assholes it's That's strange yeah. Yeah, So they- we took off the Spanish So Interesting. fine art and philosophy was my major But a nice
0: rich kind of yeah, just combination of skills and skill sets And so yeah. you're thinking alright I've got this degree What is the ideal opportunity for you as you're leaving college?
1: So, I left college, and just like every liberal arts school student, everyone's like, We're moving to Brooklyn. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and my twin sister was living there already. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, I'll go. That like, sounds great. I backpacked across Europe by myself for three months, and it was wow. incredibly lonely, but great yeah. and informative and wonderful. Um, then I moved to Brooklyn, and I got a job working at Gagosian Gallery, which is like, Everyone at my college was so excited. It's like a dream job. right? Yeah. they were no. like, "Oh my God, you're the greatest! You're working at Kogoshi and blah 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 blah." And I was like, very excited. And, you know, I met Larry. He's a prick. And was, well, of like, course, these assholes. Guys. Yeah, are you listening, Larry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it the was it the one sugar two sugar thing? Is that the one that I read about? There was a
1: oh with a, the coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally stuff like that. Like what I fuck was is the
0: point of being like that. I
1: was a glorified gallerina. It was horrible. What,
0: let me ask you: Why do so you're in hospitality? We both deal with lots of people all the time.
1: Why the fuck
0: do people think they can act like that? What was where? Where does someone like that come in from to think they can be like that? Privilege, fuck money.
1: I mean, God, Blair's got a lot of money. All those people had a lot of money. It was all about because the economy had just collapsed, yeah. and so I was working Kagoshin for free or next to free, right? Um, and everyone was still like, "This is the greatest! I can't believe you have this job! Like, this is wonderful!" So I had to start bartending to actually make money, yeah. Um, and you know. <laughs> I've always liked the service industry because I think that I have a personality. I genuinely find self-worth when I make someone else happy. Yeah. Like it just like fills me with like, great. I don't suck. You know? No, (laughs) I I made you happy. (laughs) It recharges
0: you. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I'm just going to the selfish side of this whole thing, getting to meet people like you and talk. It's like,
1: it recharges me. I feel good talking, you know? Yeah. 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 absolutely. Me too. Um, But yeah, Gagosian was, it was a, it was fascinating It was a type of art that I used to study. Yeah. Um, I met all sorts of famous artists, but it sucked. Um, it it sucked. was not
0: what you'd expected
1: no it's like it was an office job, and you know I've never had an office job mm. I, I, at that point, I'd traveled all over Latin America. The only other job I'd ever really had was training horses yeah. um, and working in a bar. so I was just like, dude, this is like this shit sucks. I'm like organizing bookshelves and being at the desk in front of the gallery so when people come in they're like hey and i'm just sitting there like blanking out God. it sucked i hated it so i quit after good yeah because i was like in the running to be larry's companion or something and i'm like what does Whoa. companion mean yeah tell me what does that yeah, mean they're like basically you just travel with him and you're like his you're his the person that like you're his assistant but the only people who were being interviewed were young women and i was like this is mm. fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do this. So I was like, I'm going to quit. And people are like, this is really bad for your career. You shouldn't quit. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to quit. Um, and around this time, that's when I was delivering some bottles of Mezcal around Manhattan for friends of mine. And I, that's how I started got into the cocktail scene. because I, I, Mezcal was blowing up in New York because yeah. the economy had just collapsed. Is this so like 2008, 2009 2008, then? 2009, yeah. yeah. Um, like late 2008, early 2009, uh, yeah, the economy had just collapsed, so all of these people who would have normally been in gallery jobs or, you know, writing like all the creative jobs were the ones that went first. Of course, because like yeah. high-end, more like bourgeois shit hit the fan first. Yeah. they all went into cocktail bars. So the industry just started to boom, and I was I was part of that like accidental implosion, you know. And it was fucking cool. It was a really cool time. I I hit it just at the right time. But I that's like how it is, and
0: I like that you said everybody's telling me that i am making a massive mistake, this is counterintuitive to my career. Fuck you guys. This was the, that was the influential kind of moment that lent traction to your whole career.
1: Totally. To about it. Remember I told my dad, I'm like, yeah, I'm quitting the gallery and I'm just going to go bartender.
0: <laughs> what did <do> he <you> say?
1: <laughs> he was like, what? And then he said, he, he was like, oh, with our last name, someone had to do it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So, and you know, yeah, you time, were born into
0: it with a name like right, that. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you know, people, no one's mom is excited when you're like, mom, I'm going to oh. be a bartender. Everyone's like, oh, shit. And, you know, I mean, I've had more opportunities doing this than I think I ever would have had being some, you know... Oh, God, like, the whole thing is, like, so snooty. And I, yeah. I don't... My mom always tells me that I don't suffer fools gladly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that industry is fucking full of them. I don't
0: like it. No, I I, I it lo- <laughs> love art. I love film. But you know what's interesting is that, in a way, so culture and art is sometimes reclaimed by the masses, right? Yeah. It's pulled from the elites. Hence the French Revolution, perhaps. But cocktails are for the people, by the people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just regular people crafting these things and just you have this innate creativity. Did you find that your sense of color and your sense of symmetry actually served you pretty well in the cocktail
1: piece? Yeah, I mean, I think that what I realized when I went to college, <clears throat> like I took my philosophy one oh one class with this professor Paul Voice and remember going in and being like, oh, I got placed in Philosophy 101 because they wouldn't let me into literature or whatever it was. Yeah. And it wasn't even called Philosophy 101 because nothing at Bennington's called 101 anything. It's called Philosophical Reasoning. <laughs> you know? And I was like, okay. And Fine. Go, yeah, yep. and I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go in and do this shit, but who cares? And it totally blew my mind. I was like, oh, I'm a total geek. And I really like thinking about things. Like, yeah. I, you know, like I say, I have all the feels. Sure. I, I just really like, I love... Wrapping my head around stuff yeah, and like yeah. trying to understand it and trying to feel it and absorb it. Like I get like high figuring things out. Like I like like, I like puzzles. I, I
0: love it. Well, so can I ask you a question about that particular yeah. proclivity? Yeah, we're in a very weird era. Oh boy. Are... Of people, right? We, yeah. we feel like we're diametrically opposed to one another in a sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever think and digest and dissect? how we got here where we feel so foreign to one another even though we're the same thing
1: yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> you know, yeah when, like, when you when you when you're bartending you get such a wide swath of society you're just yeah. kind of like there's you and there's you and there's you and there's you you know to me I, bars are always kind of like churches yeah if you have a good one like hopefully you don't have such a bourgeois bar you're isolating like 90 percent of the population hopefully you have a bar that people can actually enjoy of yeah. all the levels um and I, you know, I see a lot of stuff and a lot of people and a lot of different variants, variants and degrees. Like, honestly, I think like working in a bar, you see the best and alcohol brings out the best and the worst. You're, you're a it heightened does. version of whatever emotion you're feeling. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I lose faith in humanity and sometimes I gain faith in humanity. So it's a wash. It's an even. Yeah, but, I, but at least I understand it. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is uh, like, you're drunk. You're acting like an asshole. I don't think you're an asshole, but get the fuck out of my bar. (laughs) Like, get out of here. Um, And yeah, I I, definitely I think a great deal about humanity and who we are and where we are right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you can't. It's an incredibly disturbing time. It's like a TV
0: buzzing. Yeah, you know,
1: it's really. But I feel like I get to understand people better than people who don't get to do what I do.
0: You know what I'm saying? You're absolutely right. You're in the mix. Yeah, no pun I mean, no yeah. intended, but no, you seriously. really are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, the and intersection I, of all that bustle and the hustle and people exposing themselves.
1: Yeah, mentally, you know. Yeah, and I really like it. I mean, for that reason, I like having a social. You know, I have owned a bar in Brooklyn, so like, everyone's relatively the same. It's not like owning a bar in Houston or right. Austin, for that matter. Like, you don't get that variance of difference in what people think and believe or yeah. are or look like. But um, it is it is really interesting.
0: You know, it's weird, and maybe you've thought about this probably. You followed in your mother's footsteps in that you are doing social work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, 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 I am.
0: In a completely different setting and with different vehicles, but in a way you are. Yeah. You're facilitating conversation, helping people work through things.
1: Yeah, no, that's true.
0: It's interesting because for such a long time, people, in such a negative way, they felt, oh, it's bartender, right? So they felt they had to liven the language with a term like mixology. (laughs) But the reality is now you can make a great living and for you this is an amazing career that has given you many opportunities.
1: And you know I did the other stuff too like you know the what else do you do I bartended for a long time and I was still applying to grad school Um, I got into grad school I think my second or third time trying after I did a few residencies and when I got in I actually decided not to go Really? Because my career was starting to take off and I remember going to one of the schools I got into was Art Center in California so I went and my, one of my favorite artists teaches there. And I did a tour and they are about to graduate. And I asked the students, I'm like, so what are you going to do now? Yeah. like, oh, we're going to move to New York and get a waiting job and get a studio and, like, try to make it. And I was like, Why? that's what I'm doing You've right now. have got plenty of momentum, yeah. Not like that, but, like, that's what I'm doing currently, right now. Not, again, $200,000 in debt. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that shit again. So I didn't. I was like, oh, you know. And I miss it. I miss art so much. But the way but that you never d-
0: It is a cruel mistress that way, whether it's music, whether it's writing. Right always calls you back and you oh, find a way totally to let it peek and rear its ugly inspirational head <laughs> exactly. you know every now and
1: again yeah i mean i go to lots of museums and you know i used to for a long time i you know i got art for them and then i used to read it and then i just got it and it was like stacking up in my bedroom I'm like fuck this like <laughs> now i'm really busy like i hate i hate when people say they're busy but, oh me too. me too but um i'm not gonna glorify that word because i hate it when people do got a that. lot going on i got I got a lot going on and my head's in a lot of different spaces i've got my toes in a lot of different pools you know um and i'm happy with that but like bring it full circle the reason why i like booze and cocktails so much is that there's infinite amounts to learn and to know and that's i think the original reason why i got really into it i'm like oh when i first started in cocktails i knew nothing i knew about mezcal but like and even my mezcal was just all anecdotal like i didn't really know about i mean i knew but i didn't I was like, people had never been to Oaxaca. And they're like, what? Like, where is this place? I'm like, oh, it's this way down there from, the, you know, right down there. And this, and, the, and people were like, how do you know that? And I was like, oh, I guess this is worth something. Yeah. And then I got really into, like, why is cognac cognac? And why is whiskey whiskey? And, like, and I was like, you know, for, like, an information buff, I was like, ooh, soak it all in. <laughs> you
0: know? Well, you know, it's weird. And, and Mezcal is, is one of, if not the, the greatest spirit. But for one main reason, for me at least, and when we talk about landa this particular chapter right so mezcal is art yeah so in a sense these people doing what they feel without the outside influence of western civilization ultimately they just right. do this thing that kind of passed down do you find that behind that bar particularly that when you're sharing these kinds of things it's not just serving a drink it's sharing the yeah. art
1: yeah i agree i mean i think that what we do and what we create as cocktails is art and you know not just mezcal i think that like oh there's like people who like a t- Distill, distillation is, it's a, I mean, it's a craft, yeah. you know, and there's a whole reason why people, that's, it's a craft cocktail, it's a craft <laughs> spirit or whatever. Like, right. But it's true, like, it really is a craft. And, like, the things that people do, it takes a great deal of knowledge and a great deal of skill. Yeah. And if you do it beautifully, it's a form of art. And I think that that's really fun to share and really fun to work with. And, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. Like, it's fun. And at the end of the day, when I talk to my, some of my other friends who, like, do other shit, and do, I'm like, man, I have so much more fun than you. <laughs> like
0: The colors, the places, the people, the yeah. personalities. Again, it's like a very rich profession.
1: It's very rich, yes. Dense. It's uh, De- uh, Dense is nice. It's, yeah. uh, it's like HD, I think. HD? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 10K. Fucking yeah. right. like a really 10K. Exactly. K. Well, there's a few other questions I have for you, and I know that you've got this amazing Texas tour going on. Mm-hmm. We're here at Half Step drinking the Singandi, Singani 63, yeah? uh-huh. uh, this Bolivian... Muscat brandy yeah. that is made from great well since it's made like cognac the wine's probably okay <laughs> but right. from the distilled wine how did you get involved with this project which brandy it's we we all kind of work in phases there's that whiskey phase right. there's that agave phase right. but eventually it all comes down to brandy yeah so I mean, how I did you that. get
1: in um i got into it i mean to me i mean it's eau de vie, brandy whatever you can call yeah. it you what you yeah. will but um I got involved with these guys because I own Landa It's a Latin spirits bar. And whenever there's anything, like whether it be a new tequila or a new rum, or like everyone's always like, hello, knock, place, knock, right? knock, yeah. are you there? You want to taste it? And I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> uh, no. But yes. Um, so this guy, Jonathan, came in and tasted me on it one day. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And to me, it was really interesting because it's Bolivian. Yeah. And my menu and the food and the drink, I like to have lots of cultures represented. Yeah. Um, I am a real true believer. Leanda is a bar that celebrates Latin culture, and I'm a true believer that spirits and food have a cultural terroir to them. Absolutely. Um, and I really, it's important to me to represent as many Latin cultures as I can on my menu. So when he was like, this is from Bolivia, I was like, no shit, mm, let's try it. There we go. You know, yeah. I don't have that represented yet because the food from Bolivia is not so great. Um, so I tried it, and it was really good. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like Pisco. You know, uh-huh. it's made from grapes. It's distilled from grapes. And it comes from South America. It must be like Pisco. And it is kind of like Pisco, I mean, in that way. But it's ridiculous. I mean, the fact that it comes from 100% Moscatel grape is yeah. so floral. It's like slap you in a face floral. Just
0: delicious. And it's got so much more vibrance than Pisco to me. Some tea, yeah. some fruit, like yeah. all these
1: really cool yeah. things. I mean, out. I really like Pisco as well. But there is something about this that I really enjoy. And, you know, for all the creative people out there, this the Person behind this brand is actually Steven Soderbergh. Oh yeah, um, huge and, fan. Yeah, yeah, who's not? Yeah, he's amazing. Um, and he he discovered it when he was shooting Che, uh-huh. and someone gave it to him a bottle, his casting director or something. Anyway, I, when I first tasted it, they're like, Steven Soderbergh's behind it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your celebrity. <laughs> and they're like, who cares? I don't really care. Like, everyone, every brand. Magic has- Mike, Ivy, come on. Sex Lies and Videotape <laughs> is my personal favorite. But well, yeah. that's
0: true. We got traffic, yeah. we got <laughs> yeah. lots of great stuff. But,
1: um, but then I, they were like, oh, make some cocktails for us for Christmas. And I was like, okay, so I did. And then they're like, oh, John, um, Steven's going to come in and shoot them. And I was like, what? Oh,
0: my God. Really?
1: Yeah. And I was like, okay. And if, you know, I like Sangani. And I always have. And I was like, I pour it into my cocktail menu. I like the cultural aspects. I like the way it tastes. Yeah. But when I really understood it was talking to Steven about it when he was shooting my drinks, which... You know, sidebar was fucking awesome. Like to have Steven Soderberg taking pictures of your cocktails is like this Amazing. monumental moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've really made it, Mom. <laughs> um, take that, Larry Gagosian. <laughs> 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 I bet you don't hang out with Steven yeah. Soderbergh, son <laughs> exactly. of a bitch. Exactly. Um, but we yeah, so I'm talking to him and he and I was like, So what like what's up with Singani? Because I really thought that he just like put his name on it, and yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. Like I think it's kind of bullshit, but you're a cool guy. And I like the juice, so what's up? And he was talking to me about the spirit in a vocabulary of not a bartender or oh like, or a foodie or anything. Yeah. He's just a really absurdly intelligent, very creative person. He's a great painter, too, apparently. Is he? Did you know that? Yeah. No, I didn't. That was,
0: he was going to convert to, after he stopped directing, after Haywire, whatever that yeah. Channing Tatum movie was, he's like, I'm going to go to be a painter like I've always wanted to be. Now he came back and did some stuff, like he's the amazing. Candelabra.
1: Amazing dude, right? He's amazing, and. And it really inspired me like from my whole art background because I get like I, I miss it. I miss talking to people about art. I miss creative, like intellectual people. Yeah. And he's just a total nerd and came to this stuff in a total nerd way. And I was like, but not in like, it has tasting notes of blah, blah, blah. Right. Or like, you know, the distillery looks like blah, blah, blah. He just came at it. He just tasted it. It was like, this shit is awesome because I'm a crazy intellectual nut show that is like full bursting with the breams of creativity. Oh and God. I want to represent it. And I was like, and I, I'm having a very hard time like, talking about or just explaining how that situation was for me but it was really enlightening and such a relief to talk to someone about spirits in yeah. a way that wasn't the way we usually it wasn't in the same vocabulary yeah. and it really made me have a lot of respect for him and for the spirit and for the whole thing. It's amazing. It kind of reminded me of like so I don't work for Singani I just do events with them. Like yeah. Whenever they ask me to do stuff I'm like yeah, I'll totally come. And also, they're like, we're launching in Texas. Right after I told them, like, you guys got to launch in Texas. And they were like, oh, we're actually trying to launch in Texas. I'm like, great. When you launch in Texas, I want to go because I fucking love Texas. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> yeah, because you were at Tongue Cut Sparrow yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. Half sip today. What's uh, the next stop? This is it
1: for now. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, as far as I'm concerned, whenever they want to bring me down here to do stuff, I'm more than excited. I, you know, I really like it. I really like them. I love Texas i can't say enough it's becoming a bit of a problem <laughs> um i always tell people from texas i'm from vermont which is actually technically the other lone star state oh nice because we can that. also secede well we actually that's not true no longer but it stopped i think in the sometime in the early 2000s yeah. but um vermont could also secede from the union whenever they really? want it. yeah texans don't like to hear that very much but yeah
0: austin will do it maybe eventually <laughs> our, our governor's giving us shit <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't right. even like us. We're in the family, and he doesn't like us. <laughs> Red-headed stepchild all the fucking way. That's what Austin is. So I've got two questions left for okay. because I know you've got to do some, some great work here. In town, I am so in- excited to ask you this question, actually. So let's say you are sipping whatever spirit you want to sip anywhere in the world, your favorite bar. If you could sit and have a drink with anybody living or anybody deceased, who would you love to just sit there, sip, and have a conversation with?
1: Hmm. Um. I mean, the first person that popped into my head is Susan Sontag. Really? Um, yeah. I think she's was um, just about the most brilliant mind that's ever existed, with one of the most crazy, complicated lives. Like, yeah. you know, she she was a philosopher she was an artist she was all these different things and she was also like very self-aware but i think very self-conflicted you know yeah. she um, she had a son and then she got into a relationship with the photographer Annie Leibowitz and like later in life like came out and like all this crazy stuff and i and yeah i think her i think she'd be really amazing that's i don't and i'm actually kind of stoked that that's the first thing that popped in my head i mean other ones too i think i'd pick but like, i like that though yeah.
0: you know because i can tell you just like in the moment this is who i'm feeling right now yeah. cuz like talking to you I'm like, man, I'd like to sit down and drink with Cindy Sherman. Yeah, you know Cindy I mean? Sherman.
1: Yeah. It would She's be incredible. crazy. I wrote my thesis on Cindy Sherman. Oh, did
0: you really? <laughs> yeah. I something intriguing about her, right? But, yeah. the, it, but this is obviously not about me, although it's for me in just a little <laughs> bit. But the last question I have for you, I think really right now we kind of touched on how people are opposed to each other, or at least it feels that way when right. we're out here. I, actually, I love everybody. They're very, very nice and down to earth. <laughs> You've done some great work with Speed Rack in a time where both the rights of women are being infringed upon the time in which men are demonstrating that they're bigger fuckers than we've ever been. (laughs) We're the only ones wielding guns and shooting people in public. Like, do you feel like you've got an influential and an important position in this community to make sure that you're pushing forward for women?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's such a funny and fucking annoying thing. Like, last night I'm sitting at a bar... In Houston, and this guy comes up and he starts like mansplaining me about how there's not enough female talent in Dallas. And I was like, what? you know, like kind of like head and palms, like what? Yeah. Like, A, like you don't have to be a woman to have a female presence. That's just number one. Like, right. All it takes is support, so that's that. Like don't bemoan that there's no powerful women when you could just be empowering somebody. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when, we, when Lynette and I first started Speed Rack, you know, we did it, we did it, we did it. And I think I was kind of naive to, I was naive that we had the type of influence. Like people, I get calls all the time from, you know, women and men, but like, you know, women being like, you know, what about this and what about that and da dee da da And I think that it's not an easy time to be a woman. I think that it's, people are very conscientious of like, oh, I'm just like a dude. Like, don't separate me. Like, you know, list of like best female bartenders and like you know they're always like women are always separated for this reason i find that to be really annoying like aren't we past that yeah you know but we're i mean
0: we're genetically different isn't that fair
1: we're genetically different but there's no list of the best male bartenders yeah yeah, that's a good point because (laughs) that would be really fucking weird you know (laughs) but i don't know i feel like yeah i do have a certain role um to play and sometimes it is very touching and moving. Like, just tonight out here, this woman comes up to me and she's like, I just want to let you know that like you're are you a big inspiration to me. And, like, I can't fucking believe it when someone says that. I'm like, really? Me? Yeah. Like, I'm a, like, uh, I don't know. Like, makes me feel like, kind of squirmy. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, man. Like, that really makes me feel great. And I hope that you get to do whatever the fuck you want because yeah. you have the right and you have the power and that's good. And, like, it just takes a little bit of, support and that's the really great thing that speed rack has done more than anything there's such a support system and there's like basically a sorority of women who are just and men like there's men and women in it you know but it's just it's it's a tricky thing because i don't hate excluding people but i also think that we live in a time where like people can grab people's pussies and it's like written off as okay they can rule the free world yeah and fucking crazy and it's scary, you know, like our reproductive rights might be taken away, and it's very, you know, especially since the election, I've been very concerned about white male privilege, and I never, my mom was a huge feminist when we were growing up, and I always thought feminist was like a dirty word. Yeah. I was like, I'm not a penis-hating, like, whatever, mom. Like, I'm never going to be a feminist, and I don't hate dudes by any mean. I love dudes. Like, dudes are make the majority of my friends, but I, uh, I'm very aware right now of the fact that we're, <laughs> we're being run by a patriarchy and it's fucking crazy. Yes. And uh, I just really wish that there's something to be said for having a little female presence, as a female presence, like bringing your female traits to the table in a, in a group setting as a team because mm. I think there's nothing that exists without other people. We're just all a network. And it's valuable to have that sense of I mean, there's so many female, like characteristic of female traits, but um, it's I wish that there's more of them, and I, I great great deal of fear what's going to happen for women in this country in the next three years, but
0: me too. But intellect will go by the wayside, but it does take people like you and Lynette to say we're here at least to support you and facilitate a community. Totally,
1: and that's why I say at all the speed facts. I'm like, you know, if we can lead as an example to the rest of the world of what is possible, like don't stifle and you know, molest your women, you know, like yeah. just treat them like a fucking person. <laughs> don't give it a second thought. Yeah, They're how a person. <laughs> you know, it's just not that don't hard. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. I'm a person too, That's you know? Fine. That's it. <laughs> so
0: It's amazing and it, I think we're talking about this in an important time and I hope that we get to share this conversation and people kind of see it for what it is too. It's like yeah. we're not no one's asking for everything. We're just asking for a little bit of progress. Yeah. It's, how fucking difficult is that? Or
1: or just i'm not even sure if progress is the word i mean i feel like we're taking steps backwards but yeah, that's, that's you know progress progress i feel like progress has been made um just some i mean fucking okay that's just some knowledge some some realization that like you can be a man you can be a woman you can be neither of those things yeah. you can be both of those things and who gives a shit exactly You know, I mean, they car. I think, therefore I am. Like, what does this physical thing have to do with any of us anyway? Not so much. At the end of it all, right? We're just
0: this notion of electricity. Yeah, exactly. We're just,
1: like, my mom always says when she's, she always talks about dying is dropping the body. Um, I love that. That's (laughs) it. It's perfect. But it's true. It's like, fucking drop this shit. What difference does this make? It doesn't at all. So um, hopefully people will enlighten to that slowly, but I'm not sure when that will happen.
0: Well, I really can't thank you enough for sitting down and chatting thank with me. You. It's great being a half. It's great chatting with you, sipping the sangani. I mean, I love the, I love Odevie brandies. I mean, this is a really, really lovely tea fruit acidity. I mean, it's got all the fucking stuff. You've done a great job, <laughs> and I really hope you keep on keeping on. I'm gonna try. Say, yeah? all right, thanks so much for chatting <laughs> yeah, with me.
1: Thank there. you so much. That's awesome.
0: Well, there we have it. Ivy mix of New York's Leenda. A fan of Mezcal, a fan of the world, a fan of traveling, and it was just a pleasure to get to experience Ivy in this very transparent way. Many people are very guarded and perhaps unsure of what the world really means to them, how they want to interact with it, but Ivy has this just amazing optimism and just acceptance and embracing all of the things around her, so it was great to chat about movies, art, the whole story, the whole narrative, and also she's in town representing this amazing Bolivian brandy Singani 63 Tying things back to art with Mr. Steven Soderbergh So Ivy, I really appreciate you taking the time out To chat with me and I hope we can sip some mezcales very soon And thank you for listening to Show to V with Mike G No matter if you're waiting for the 200th episode Just like I am because it's going to be a different format A different arrangement Or if you're thinking, I'm not sure if I want to see Blade Runner rebooted Are you? Please, keep this.